Well, good morning, friends, and welcome to our 945 service on this, the second Sunday after Epiphany. It's good to be together in God's house. Welcome those of you in the room, many joining us online. We know uh, my name is James Howell, and uh, it's uh, my privilege to be one of your pastors. I'm up front this morning with my friend and colleague, Dr. Uyun Kim. Grateful to be, get, be together. I pray that you will encounter the loving presence of God in this space. Let us know who you are, how we can pray for you. There's different ways to do that, of course. There's the physical hospitality pads at the end of your pews, QR code at the back of your bulletin. For those of us online, wherever you may be, there's a link that you can click on to let us know of your name and your context so that we may be in touch with you to continue to welcome you this day. It is good that we are here, friends. We invite you always to check out our different communications for the ministries of our church that are ongoing and new. And now let us continue to prepare our hearts for worship.
friends, please remain standing as you are able. Let us confess our faith and the faith of the Christian church through the Apostles' Creed. You may find this in the back of your hymnal, 881. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God is good and gracious to forgive when we confess our sins. I invite you to turn your attention to our bulletin for our prayer of confession in unison. Let us pray. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, too hidden even to realize, and too deep to undo. Forgive what we hesitate to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow into your likeness. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we are yet still sinners. That proves God's love toward all of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. This is the Old Testament reading, it is 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning with the first verse. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli's eyesight had begun to grow dim. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down within the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down, and the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. 
And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down once more, and the Lord came and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am going to do a thing in Israel at which, at which the two ears of everyone that hears it will tingle. This is the word of God for the people of God. Could you, could you just come up and do my sermon <laughs> with me? Be cool. This great story takes place in Shiloh. You can go visit Shiloh. I took our uh, high school seniors there last summer. Beautiful scenery, and they've excavated the site. Uh, two great Bible stories happen there. This is where Hannah goes and prays so intently that the priest Eli assumes that she's drunk. She, well, she's not drunk. She's just in such agony in her prayer. And then the boy Samuel hears God's call in the middle of the night. I have a friend who's written a book. It's not published yet. It's called Night Owl Prayers. And it's a set of prayers for you know, when you can't sleep at night, when you're up at three in the morning or whatever. And sometimes that's uh, tossing in the bed. It's being anxious. It's being sick. It's insomnia. Some people work during the night. Some have so many troubles during the night. Uh, think about um, Martin Luther King in 1956 of so January, since it's his holiday weekend. The, uh, his parsonage there in Montgomery had been firebombed. It was just unspeakable. His wife and daughter were in the house, and uh, he was hanging in there in the face of this. Then he kept getting threatening calls night by night from the Ku Klux Klan, threatening to kill him, threatening to kill his daughter's wife. He was about to give up. He couldn't sleep, so he went down to the kitchen and made a cup of coffee and said, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. And he heard a voice from God saying, don't give up. Keep fighting for righteousness. Keep fighting for goodness. I am with you. I will never leave you alone. Calling comes during the night. The darkness is really an image, right? The, the, like the world was dark in those days. It said that Eli's eyesight had grown dim. I don't think it's just that he was old. It's just people weren't seeing God so much. It said the Word of God was rare in those days. Maybe listening was rare. Maybe seeing God was rare. Martin Luther King uh, began in 1958 to preach a sermon that he preached a number of times in his career. He was speaking to the world in 1958, but he could just as well be addressing us in 2024. The sermon's called A Knock at Midnight. He says that a midnight has descended over our country. There's midnight in the social order. There are deep rumors of discontent all around the globe. He said there's midnight in the psychological order. He said people are more anxious than they have ever been. I want to say, dude, come to 2024 if you want to know that. And then he says, there's also a midnight in the moral order. He said, nobody cares what's right and wrong anymore, so we've raised a nation of what he calls moral cowards. Ouch. 
But there's a but in the text. The eyesight had grown dim frequently. The hearing God was rare in those days. But it says the lamp of God had not gone out. Little boy Eli, trying to sleep, keeps hearing a voice. It is God speaking to him. So interesting, Jonathan Sachs, shortly before he died, wrote an um, interesting essay on Bible characters and said uh, the real discovery in what we think of as the Old Testament for him, the Jewish Bible, is that uh, God isn't just the, the creator and God isn't just the, you know, the helper and God isn't just the creator of rules that, that you better keep. God is the one who calls. God calls. God calls. It's a claim on your whole life. What am I going to do with my life? What am I going to do this afternoon? What am I going to do next year? What is God calling me to do? And everything hinges on answering that question. I, I know I have a lot of anxious parents in our church. Not in this service. They come to the other services. But um, we have anxious parents. And, you know, yeah, what do you want for your kids? And we think dumb stuff like, I hope they grow up and make money or they have fun or be happy. Or, uh, those are fine answers. Uh, the answer here is you hope your child grows up and hears God's call and does it. I can look back with some pride. I have a life that matters. I have a life with some purpose. I'm part of something beyond myself. This hearing God's call, it's really in, in an index into what prayer is about. So often prayer for us is, God, will you do this for me? God, will you do that for me? Don't really pray that much until we're in trouble. And then we issue 911 missives to God. Help! And we ask our friends to pray for us as well. We often go to God with a prayer list. Um, it's not that God wants us to come with a list. God wants us to listen. I thought that was so clever when I thought of that this week. It like listens, got list with an E in. It's not that we come with a list. God wants us to listen. What, what does Samuel say? He doesn't say, oh, Lord, hear my prayer. Here's some things I want you to do for me. Samuel says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. That's what individuals and families and friend groups and our church, we always need to be about saying, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. What we hear from the world is what Martin Luther King articulated in his sermon. He said, The world out there in that knock at midnight, the world out there is hungry for the bread of faith, the world out there is hungry for the bread of hope. The world out there is hungry for the bread of love. When I think about King, I'm so struck by the fact that he did something that I'm not sure I've heard since his lifetime. And that is, he would talk about public issues, and when he talked about public issues, he spoke of love. He said, we need to love. We need love. I'll vote for the candidate tells me we need to love out there in America. What candidates tend to say to us is you better hate, you better be angry, you better be full of rage, you better be right. But God calls us to love. Say, so speak, Lord. The Isaiah, the Samuel text says that God is about to do, I love it. God is about to do a new thing and ears will tingle when they hear of it. Like, you know, what would that be? What would that be for, you know, the United Methodist Church? You know, we've been kind of an embarrassment to ourselves for some time, but we're about to have this big conference, and I don't know, some of us are praying and hoping that our denomination, our churches together worldwide will this year do something that's so amazing, people's ears will tingle. We hope that's what will happen at our church. We're building this big building back here, if you hadn't noticed that. That's not so, hey, we have a great building. We'll enjoy that. That's not the point. 
The point is that things will happen because of that building, through that building, to reach out to the community, and the ears of this community will tingle like, wow, there must be a God, there must be hope, there must be love, even things that could happen in your life. God can call you, even you, to something, and someone's ears will tingle because of it, because you've said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And your servant, like Samuel, ready to go, to do, and to follow God's call. Thanks be to God. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. O God of all life and each life, today we remember before you people living face to face with war and violence in places where hatred has been stirred up and fear stalks people on their own streets. We pray for all those displaced by conflict, those seeking refuge among us or in camps and communities around the world. God, speak a word of peace and embrace us all with your love. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, we remember before you people facing discrimination and social prejudice each and every day. Those who are bullied at school, at work, or at home, and those who are made ashamed of who they are. O oh God, speak to us a word of dignity and embrace us all with your love. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, we remember before you people facing illness and suffering in their lives or in the lives of those that they love. For those struggling with disability and lack of access or needed resource, for those who know grief, depression, or anxiety, we lift them to you, O oh God. Speak to us a word of healing and embrace us all with your love. Lord, in your mercy. Finally, O oh Lord, in this season of Epiphany, when we celebrate your light breaking into the world, may the light of Christ lead us to embrace all of your children with your love, your grace, and your compassion. For it is in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. My dear friends, the mission of this church would not be possible without your generosity. On behalf of the lives that will be touched by your giving today, I offer you thanks.
gifts we offer today serve God's purposes in the world, bringing light and hope to all. For the sake of Christ our Lord, in whose name we pray, amen. it's a great privilege to come to our Lord's table. All are welcome. All who are weary, come home. All who need the mercy of God, all who hope to hear God's call, all are welcome. We'll begin with our prayers of consecration. We'll sing the responses. Our choir will guide us in doing so. You can find those on page 17 at the front of your hymnal. Uh, and then the ushers will guide you in coming forward. There'll be two lines coming this way. There'll be a station at the back. Somebody will hand you a piece of bread, dip it gently into the cup, return to your seat by way of the outside aisle. You can also receive kneeling. And we have these, uh, since all are welcome, gluten-free and COVID-friendly packets also that you can have on request. So friends, let us uh, join together in the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread. After giving you thanks, he broke the bread. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith.
out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. confidence of the children of God, let us pray as our Lord taught us, our Father, who art in heaven.
Friends, would you join with me now as we pray together the prayer after communion, which you'll find printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Friends, let me ask you to be seated for just a moment. I want you to be sure you see two who heard God calling and responded. Come on up, come on up. Jim Deal and Craig Fisher uh, come to uh, retire today. They're the most important guys in the worship service. You never see them because they're in the back, right? Um, this is harder than I thought it would be, yes. <laughs> so 10 years ago, we hired uh, Jim Deal and Craig Fisher came along as a volunteer and then we paid Craig over the last seven years. They were legends in the audiovisual industry before they came here. Uh, I'd worked with them ages ago when I was pastor up in Davidson and many times since. Amazing that we landed them and that they have worked here so long and so well. Uh, our reach has extended way beyond the church and it's because these guys have made that happen. Our online viewing videos that we put out so, so much. They have just done a wonderful job. But the coolest thing about it is that neither of you have treated it as a job. You've treated it as a calling from God. You've not treated us as uh, just people that you work with, but as your family, your friends, and we're so very grateful. So, uh, they've, we've done this before, so they know what's coming, but uh, I told them I wish I'd brought a bouquet of flowers. I didn't do that, but what I can share is that there's a plaque that is underway, and the plaque uh, will read as follows. It begins with like kind of a clever thing that's a riff on Romans chapter 10, revised a little. How will they believe in whom they have never heard? And how will they hear without the sound guys? <laughs> With deep appreciation to Jim Deal and Craig Fisher for a decade of faithful service to God and Myers Park United Methodist Church. Friends, join me in thanking them. for the benediction. And now may the grace of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us, both now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.